Welcome and greetings, everyone, to the new Dakota Boys Talk Movies. Um, tonight is kind of a bittersweet episode, um, but uh, more recently, Bill Paxton passed away from complications from surgery, and we thought that uh, we would just highlight just some of our favorite performances of his through his career he he's had a career that's gone back to the early 80s really is when he started getting some kind of supporting roles and just kind of built a career and he's kind of one of those guys where you don't really think about him until you see him but he's had a really strong a strong career over those years where he's always been around uh and even more recently he had a hit tv show um, where he played a polygamist on, what was that, on Showtime? Yes. Where he got a lot of acclaim even for that. So even into his later years here, he is getting all this acclaim uh, for his his show, uh, Big Love. But like we said, his career goes back to getting his start back in the 80s. And I think probably credit to where credit's due. I think between uh, John Hughes giving him a role in Weird Science and James Cameron his friendship with James Cameron had really helped kind of cat, uh, not catapult, but jumpstart his career. Let's call it that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we just wanted to kind of uh, highlight some of our favorite performances of his um, over the years. And so we're each going to do three movies he was in where we thought uh, he did he did a good job in it for one reason or another. And so, Dakota, what's your first one that you got? All right. You know, talking about Bill Paxton, how a lot of people might not recognize him, especially for some of you youngins, but you definitely, even though you can't recognize him, you definitely have either heard him, heard of a quote from him, or said it yourself. Yeah, he... And I am... He's been quoted from a few different movies, yeah. Yeah, his big one, of course, would be... Game over, man! Game over! <laughs> I don't remember being that high. Yeah, uh, you know what? He had an interesting voice, okay? I Game can't... over, man! <laughs> Game over! Because <laughs> he kind of... He could do that, like, dumb jock voice. Yeah, yeah. Almost, and it's what he did in Weird Science, I think. For... Yep, kind of a dumb jock. Yep. Yeah. But Aliens, for me, is probably the first movie where I really noticed him. Because he was such... Well, he's he plays a marine, but he plays the uh, kind of the a hole marine, like the guy who's there, but he doesn't really want to be there. <laughs> he's just yeah, he doesn't seem like he wants to be there, and he seems like the guy who's like he's given people wedgies before. He just <laughs> yeah. seems like that type of guy. Yeah, he's not very gung ho. It really makes you wonder what he's even doing in the military. Like, <laughs> like he can't be bothered to. You know, go kill some aliens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, why did he get this mission in deep space? Are we that desperate? So, uh, but at the same time, he still got a heroic death in the end. He yeah. put his all into it. Yeah, he actually makes it towards the end of the movie, which most of the other Marines, if you've seen it, don't do. And not only that, he... He kind of throws out those like one-liners throughout the whole movie, which is why he couldn't die till the end. They need more one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one one quote of mine that I when I used to game a lot, I used to throw out there. He's telling Ripley in Aliens the list of weapons they have. 
He's like, oh, we got plasma rifles, we got grenades, we got sharp knives, we got pointy sticks, and he just keeps <laughs> going, and it's like, and it's awesome. I loved it. Oh, God. And, and he has a very unique, a unique resume listing that no one else can claim. He's the only actor to have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. Yes, that's right. The tri- the golden trifecta. That, that is the true EGOT. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's all these people like, oh, I want an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. No, you don't. You want to be able to be say, you've been killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they put you in the hall. The Some sort of, some sort know, of shrine. You know somewhere in James Cameron's. James Cameron's house, there's a shrine to Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, Aliens, uh, that was your introduction to him and one of your favorite performances. Yeah. I just love that movie overall. I think I've talked about it ad nauseum probably throughout <laughs> our episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I got, yeah, that's a couple of times. Yep. What about you, Steven? I think the first one I'm going to bring up is a movie that it wasn't my intro to him, my next performance will be my intro to bill paxton uh but the first one i'm going to bring up is the this was another thing bill paxton can have on his resume he was in the first movie that was a surround sound thx movie it was like the first one that was like that this movie and independence day were both kind of the first like digital surround sound movies of their days uh and this is twister and no matter how you feel about Twister, it was a classic. It was a classic. And Bill Paxton will still say he had a great time making it. And so I think that does show in his performance, too, where he just looks like he's having a good old time being in that movie. Because even though it's about tornadoes almost or killing people, it's still a fun ride. <laughs> and so um, I think that's one movie, one thing that movie had going for it. All the other dis- giant disaster movies were all kind of like too serious. Well, the Irwin Allen days of the seventies, where it was like Towering Inferno and Poseidon Adventure and things like Earthquake, yeah, they were like really trying to be heavy, dramatic. It's like they all those movies elicited that there were there was a few actors in there who kind of overplayed it, where they just needed a good smack across the face. Yeah, and really the the original Poseidon Adventure was, yeah, it was about a ship that ended up getting flipped over by a rogue wave, but the real story was deep about a uh, a man of faith wrestling with his belief in God. And so it's like they had to throw in all these things, whereas Twister <laughs> is just... Very a, lighthearted. A lighthearted tornado movie. It's So, yeah. But yeah, he just it's just it's just kind of a fun movie and even though now maybe it seems really 90s for different reasons like the tornado roared like a lion. But I think that was really just to show off the surround sound. Yeah. But every time there's a tornado comes through it goes like roar. You hear like this roar noise it's like, well, tornadoes don't roar. But uh the but one it's still just just fun. And you get to see a really early fun performance from Philip Seymour Hoffman also in the, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. also in this movie. So, 
you know one thing that movie does kind of have a legacy what's that and it's this people now know what you know they they're in the movie as well in real life they rated the tornadoes yeah it's an f5 you know yeah yeah you really got to see you really got to understand yeah the 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 rating system with tornadoes which i'm trying to remember what the f stands for now force i think no not force it's like a fukunawa or i don't know it's some Oh, okay. Some scale system or whatever, where five is any you know the biggest, and one being the smallest tornado or whatever. And in the movie, that this is probably like one of those is trying to be serious for a minute, where they're like they're talking about F threes and F fours, and then the one woman goes, "Well, what's an F 5 And the one guy goes, "The finger of God." <laughs> oh God. And so, but it's just overall. I mean, it's just a fun movie. And I think the line that I quote the most from this movie of Bill Paxton's is the stup- is just a stupid thing to quote, but just the way he delivers it is just funny. Where they're using his new Dodge Ram, because this movie heavily commercialized Dodge Rams in this movie, you know, or whatever. And she asks him if he owns, if he's owning or leasing or, or what insurance he has on it. That's what it was. And he looks over and he goes, liability only <laughs> like it's, i think i say liability only more than anything from this movie which is just ridiculous but yeah so this is this is just uh just a fun performance but let's, let's go to your next one dakota all right my next one also kind of a not not kind of also a very sci-fi heavy movie and actually pretty recent i don't did we review edge of tomorrow it would have been before we started. Ah. It came out like the year before we started our show. I know we talked about it just a lot because it was one of those surprise surprise blockbusters. Yeah, and it was one that didn't gain steam until after it had left theaters. Yeah. And so it kind of... Came out on Blu-ray and they tried to rename it, which was uh, Live, Die, Repeat, The Edge of Tomorrow. I was like, why? Yeah, it has like three different names. But yeah, Bill Paxton has a great role in that movie. Yeah. yeah, he plays just this incredibly, incredibly hard-nosed, I think he was a sergeant, wasn't he? Yeah, and I just love how he plays it, too, where he just seems to be just reveling in being at war or something. <laughs> we we will go riding into battle, or <laughs> he just seems like he's, like, and you can almost sense that he knows he's hamming up the performance, too. Yeah, he does. I don't think I've. Bill Paxton does a, a decent Southern accent. I mean, I think I, he is Southern. Yeah, is he? It, I, he's got a Southern accent more more <laughs> yeah. than he doesn't in things, and so it always yeah. makes me think he is Southern. But there are degrees to it, like, uh, well, yeah, how much he yeah. hams it, yeah, yeah. And this one, it's just full on, kind of like in a falsetto way, but just, <laughs> just such a. This is this is the guy who's like. Even even with his legs broken off, he's still like got a knife between his teeth, like trying to take out some some uh, I don't even remember what the aliens are calling this. The mimics, yeah, like mimics. Or... Yeah, but he he has kind of a few just just lines where he just takes it and runs with it about how glorious war is. And <laughs> yeah. In in a way, it's it's kind of what. 
um, they were trying to do with Patton, but just scaled down. <laughs> just really scaled down and over the top. Paxton's Patton. <laughs> there you oh, go. Oh, go. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, just all around a great movie. We talked about that before. Good one to see. But Paxton, uh, for the minimal screen time he does have, does just chew the crap out of the scenery. And it's fun. It's fun. He brings a, he brings a lightheartedness to that. Something that um, Tom Cruise isn't great at. Tom Cruise usually doesn't, in those types of movies, bring lightheartedness to it as much. And so it's nice when he can put guys like that that just chew the scenery around him like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun one. But, yeah, so my next one is the first movie that I remember really noticing Bill Paxton in. And... Uh, just thought he fit the role so well, which is why it was interesting when I heard recently that he auditioned for a different role in the same movie. Um, and they thought he'd be better fit for this other one. And it's a, uh, it's the movie Apollo 13 where he originally auditioned for the part that Kevin Bacon got of Jack Swaggart and heard that he lost to Kevin Bacon and, just thought he would take it like a man when Ron Howard called him and say like, Oh, I thought you did a great, that was a great choice picking Kevin Bacon. And Ron Howard goes, well, wait, 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 I still want to give you a role. I want you to be Fred Hayes. One of the other, uh, lead astronauts that goes up on the Apollo 13 mission with Jim Lovell played by Tom Hanks. And, uh, I just thought he did a great job. I remember seeing this in theaters when I was, you know, whatever I was when it came out like 10 ish. And uh, just really, well, I like just the trio of those guys that end up going to space and Gary Sinise, Gary Sinise's role also as the, the one who had to stay behind because they're worried about measles. But I just thought those guys are really great at how they played off each other in those roles. And I really thought that he was really, in a lot of ways, the heart of those three. I mean, Tom Hanks is obviously, Tom Hanks is always kind of the heart, you know, and I mean, he was the lead. But when you look at kind of those trio of guys in space is that Fred Hayes in that movie, I don't know about reality, but in that movie just was kind of the heart of the three. And part of it was he's the guy who just seems to just be kind of suffering through it the hardest. Like I remember when they first get up into space, he's the one who like throws up and chunks <laughs> are floating everywhere. And then uh, on the way back, you know, when everything has gone wrong. He's the one who gets the sickest, you know, and he's so he's battling kind of like almost like terrible flu like symptoms mixed with dehydration and things like that. And so I don't know, Bill Paxton does a great job of having you just kind of kind of feel that in him. But at the same time through it, you see his kind of family man aspect. And I don't know, he just I just really liked him in this. And then, of course, it's just a good movie all around. And so, but yeah, that's my number two pick. Just really enjoyed him in this movie. And it came out like a year before Twister. But Dakota, what's your uh, what's your next one? Ah, uh, my next one, the piece de resistance. Ah, uh, as they the say, number one pick. And that would only have to be frailty, frailty, <laughs> frailty. And all of you are going, what is frailty? Yeah, it's one of those movies that there really wasn't much hype for. No, and not it really came out, and everybody 
who saw it just it was kind of one of those word of mouth movies. It got word of mouth and kind of what helped it get a little more notice was that Stephen King um came out with a statement saying that he enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was also directed by Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton also directed this movie, so kind of bringing a new level to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, it's fine. You could steal my thunder anytime. <laughs> no, but this movie, really—if you edit it, it could go one of two ways. Bill Paxton is playing this, this kind of, kind of dad who loves his kids. Gets the call from God, starts killing demons. Then there's the other one where he just completely loses his mind and starts murdering people. Yeah, and that's and that's the main crux of the movie is that Matthew McConaughey plays one of the adult sons talking about his father. And that's what you're doing is the whole time you're going, did he really see this angel from heaven telling him that he's killing, quote unquote, demons? Or is this guy just a psycho serial killer? Yeah, when that was the hook for me that got me interested in even seeing this movie, because this is back before, or back in the day when a movie took forever to make it onto, I think that's when VHS tapes were still big, but it took forever. So I was like, ah, frailty, I'll have to check it out when it comes out on, comes out on tape. And... The thing that really got my attention was people describe like, oh, this angel comes down and tells this guy. While he's like under a vehicle <laughs> working on it because he was like an auto mechanic. Yeah. Right? And he's like, yeah. laying, he's like laying under the vehicle and like this angel appears. It's and, kind of an interesting scene. Yeah, very interesting. Kind of the scene actually I don't think fits with the movie. <laughs> no, but it, it, but that's what's kind of interesting about it. Like it's not really meant to. You know, because it's like you're trying to figure out if he's if it's real vision or not. You know? Yeah, and just kind of from the get go, this movie I found pretty enjoyable because it it mostly does take place from the point of view of the son, and he's talking about how his his dad, and it this film just kind of never lets up. It just gets hold of you and drags you through this kind of crazy story and. You're not sure what to believe as as it goes along. I know me. I was like, yeah, this dude just lost his marbles. <laughs> he's he's gone. Yeah, and and it you get to see some interesting performances from well, Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey before the McConaissance, yeah. you know, in in that role, which is it was kind of a a different role for him in anything he's done before and after, even I would say, and uh, Powers Booth. Yeah, kind Powers of a, kind of a subtle Powers Booth performance too. Yeah, I had no idea who he was, but seeing him in this, it's like I knew him from Red Dawn, the yeah. original Red Dawn. Ah, uh, the better one, <laughs> the best one. But yeah, this movie just really, really shows off what he can do, and the fact that he directed it just makes you wonder why didn't he do more directing. But I guess that was his own personal choice. Yeah, there was something about this movie where he apparently felt compelled to not just star but direct. And uh, and so you kind of get to see the two sides of Bill Paxton here, like him as the the director and, and bringing this 
screenplay to life, but then also um, starring as the as the the father. Is he crazy? Is he not? And so it kind of all around different uh, Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. From a lot of other things he's done. So, uh, yeah, frailty. Uh, if you're interested at all in kind of psychological thrillers, uh, maybe even into crime movies, uh, this is definitely worth a check out if you're interested in those at all because you probably haven't seen it. Um, Dakota and I have only heard of it just because we're weirdos who <laughs> hear about these movies and uh, and check them out. But it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Yeah, unfortunately, in this in the world we live in now, there's not a lot of TV channels that kind of uh, show movies like this. I mean, TNT used to show it a lot because that's they had like kind of weird horror movies yeah, on on that, Friday I think and that Saturday. That was the channel that showed a lot, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every once in a while you'll see this pop up maybe in like a bargain bin or something, uh, here and there. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely want to keep your eye out if you're interested in those types of movies. Um, but yeah, we'll go on to my number one pick. I have done, uh, Twister, Paul 13, and now we're going back a few years before those to the one, the only Tombstone. Uh, and Tombstone is just an all-around, like, where did this movie come from? It was a great Western in a time when there weren't... Well, actually, this is about when there was a turn where a few good Westerns just come out this and Unforgiven. But there just hadn't really been any other ones for a long time. And what was interesting about this movie is it had a lot of people in it where you're like... I wouldn't think this would be a good movie just based on who's playing the roles in this. Cause it was the movie of about Wyatt Earp's time in tombstone that led to the gunfight at the okay corral. Um, and Kurt Russell was going to be Wyatt Earp where it's like, okay, maybe that was going to work. And then Bill Paxson played one of the Earp brothers, one of his brothers, um, Morgan, I believe was his name. Yeah. And then and you had Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, which you know, Sam Elliott was the obvious choice for this movie in in fits and things like that. Uh, but this movie is just a really good movie, and Bill Paxton doesn't do a whole lot, <laughs> have a really big part in this movie. Um, but it's another movie where we talked about, you know, is he Southern? Isn't he? He fits that cowboy. He fits that cowboy mold. And uh, just does a really good job in this movie still. Um, and I, I feel like sometimes that's where maybe he's suited best. You know, when you think about the performance we've talked about, where he's not the main attraction. Yeah. It's, and this uh, is no offense to him, but he's he does really good jobs in these supporting roles where he just kind of holds things together a little bit. So and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not it it's hard to be a good supporting actor too. Yeah, you actually you kinda have to stand out more and just give a solid more solid performance if you're a supporting character sometimes. You have to be believable because you have to fit into the world that's around you. Yeah. And you and leads have to do that too, obviously, but in a supporting role it's like you can't you're supporting. You can't be distracting. You have to be supporting. 
And so that just seems like when I th- when I think back on Bill Paxton, it's like that's where he fits. But for one reason or another, he was a good supporter in a lot of the movies he was in. You know, there's a few exceptions like Twister because it was just a you know kind of a big big goofy blockbuster or whatever and things like that. But uh, but overall, that's kind of where he seems to shine the best through his career. Um, and, and that would be the case with, with my, uh, last pick tombstone, um, a movie where, when you look at the whole cast, none of them who are in the leads in tombstone are really very often great leads, but maybe it works because they're all together (laughs) in this movie. Um, and they all just work as cowboys. So, yeah, that movie kind of just had a really well-rounded cast. I mean, even with. Val Kilmer, who has done some really questionable work, he yeah to a point when where he's just like terrible now. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, people still say I'm your Huckleberry. Yes, I actually just said that uh, a couple days ago. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. You and one of my brothers, the only two people that <laughs> probably still quote this movie all the time. Um, I actually had a teacher who said this in high school, and he was a younger guy. And nobody got it. <laughs> like this girl actually pulled out um, a dictionary and was trying to look up the word Huckleberry. Like, <laughs> like what does that mean? There's Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> yeah, and this yeah, this movie is like I, by kids these days standards old. It was made in 1993, which if any of you really pay attention, this is maybe this is kind of a deep pull for if you're pulling references I mentioned on the show, but I brought up 1993 a few different times on this show as a year when a lot of good movies came out, but a lot of the good movies that came out in 93 were movies you wouldn't expect to be good movies just by who Ness was in them or what they were. Yeah, they were you, just good. you kind of referenced the 93 to 95, yeah, 96 a yeah. lot. And here's the funny thing. The good movies from that era, I don't think that you remember they you're you're taking with you into these new decades they may not be oscar winners but they're still pretty good yeah hardly any of them are yeah so and bill paxton got to be in a few of those he was in one that was a huge oscar winner and coming into what 96 when did titanic come out 96 i thought it was 99 Oh, maybe it was closer to the end of the uh, end of that decade. Yeah, I always forget for some reason when Titanic came out. But of course, that would be—he was in Titanic, but he was the guy who brought you into the story, and then was the guy who took you out of the story. He was the modern day part of Titanic. He was the treasure hunter, and so a lot of people would reference that movie. I'm not a real fan of Titanic, so and I wouldn't consider that a one of his better performances either <laughs> so compared yeah. to some of the other stuff but yeah i feel like the movie's just generally overrated yeah yep i even felt that just even before it was cool to say it was overrated so i got that to my <laughs> i actually remember going on a field trip to the badlands around the time titanic came out there was a 16 minute interval on the radio where they played the song, then they played it again 16 minutes later. No. And I was like, 
this song needs to go away. That now. reminds me of I remember one time when I was in high school it was when Evanescence was huge and they had that Bring Me to Life song. And I remember one time I turned the key of my ignition on to go to work that morning and it was Wake Me Up Inside You know. And I remember I turned the key when I left work late that day like you know, four thirty or something, turn the key. Wake me up inside You know, it was like the chorus I was like but that song was on all the time and so it wasn't crazy that that happened but yeah what are some other just kind of honorable mentions you have with bill paxton dakota i mean we brought uh well i don't know if we brought it up on this episode we were talking before weird science was one a lot of people remember him from he was hysterical and will's uh weird science sadly enough i remember his performance more than i do uh the two main ones <laughs> he kind of stole the show a little bit uh was anthony michael hall in that i can't remember if that was him is anthony michael all right all right such a horrible performance from him. <laughs> like, utterly forgettable. I don't even remember the other kid, the short brunette guy that, <laughs> yeah, that was I don't either, the actually. other half of that equation. Completely forgotten. Yep. Completely forgotten. Um, Some other ones that people know him from, I wouldn't call this one a good movie, but people know it, is uh, Disney's remake they did in 1998 of uh, Mighty Joe Young. So there's that. Yeah, that was actually a big movie at the time. That's how uh, they, Charlize Theron got famous. It got pushed to be a big movie, and it didn't do terribly well. Um, but it was based off of an old Marion C. Cooper movie and story. Marion C. Cooper, the guy who brought King Kong to screen, um, did this. And then they remade it, and Bill Paxton was the lead guy in it with Charlize Theron. Had a little love thing with her in that movie. Uh, so that was a family affair he did. Uh, another movie that I would honorable mention him in, although he's almost not in it. Well, I mean, he's in it, but uh, it isn't a super memorable performance, but I still enjoy the movies. U571 from 2000. Decent decent movie he did. Yeah, um, he, uh, he consistently worked throughout his whole career. It's not like... Uh, some actors, you know, they kind of go away, then they come back. They go away, come back. Yeah, I mean, he was in he was in movies. We we all know he was in True Lies. You know, he did another James Cameron movie. Yeah, yeah, him and James Cameron they always work together. You know, he did a movie in '95, same year as Balls Routine, Frank and Jesse, about about the James brothers that he did. So I mean, there's another western he did after Tombstone there. Um, he was in a simple plan with Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, that was that was a movie I remember mostly because FX used to play the crap out of it. Yeah, yep, they did. It was one that uh, Sam Raimi directed. Another one that some people know now, and I'm surprised this movie actually has a following that shocks me. Um, it's the movie Vertical Limit. <laughs> there's people that still talk about the movie, oh, and i think Lord. and i think it's because fx played the crap out of this one for a while but it's one where he kind of plays the uh billionaire guy who who's gonna do this kind of commercializing of climbing this mountain uh i'm trying to remember which mountain it is is it k2 i think it's k2 i'm, I'm sticking with k2 and it but it also stars people like chris o'donnell and robin tunney and Scott Glenn plays a crazy man in this movie, and it's kind of a weird movie, but it has this weird following of people who are like, oh, Vertical Limit's good. So 
guess I'll bring that up, you know, and he had like cameo performances in the, in a couple of the spy kids movies. I mean, yeah, he's worked over the years. I mean, he was still working up until his passing because his passing was unexpected, you know, his complications, but he was in a CBS show training day that was just kind of taken off. And so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure he would have popped up in one of the Avatar sequels James Cameron's making. I would assume so. Yeah, there's only like four more coming at us, so <laughs> yeah. pretty sure he would have fit in there somewhere. Or was is going to be it was going to be the narrator of the Avatar ride or something at Disney <laughs> yeah. World or something. But yeah, it would have been inevitable if he wouldn't have uh, suddenly passed. But he left behind a body of work that he's very memorable in, and um, he's kind of one of those guys where because of the things he's been in, he's going to be remembered just because uh, he's been in a lot of memorable movies over the years that some of the are even standing the test of time, like Apollo 13 and things like that, that are just going to be around and, uh, and things like that. And so um, kind of a sad thing. It's always uh, sad when it's a sudden thing and when they're only um, in their early sixties, but kind of one of those reminders that status and money uh don't protect you <laughs> this is kind of a harsh reality but uh um but those were just some of the movies uh we enjoyed him in and and found memorable and some of our favorites so anything else dakota you'd like to say on bill paxton or anything uh he definitely passed way too soon i uh, even though he was 61, he still looked like he was in his 40s. I mean, I don't know. Yep, he uh, was what they call Hollywood 61. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but he should have marketed it. Yeah. Uh, I really think he probably could have been around for probably, good Lord, who knows how long. Yeah. Yep. Kind of one of those one of those sad deals. Complications from surgery is what they're <laughs> saying it was, and so... Uh, yeah, that's the reality, but uh, that's that. And so uh, with that, we'll, we'll close out this kind of a retro, kind of retrospective of some of Bill Paxton's career. Bill Paxton, a lot of people mix up Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, because their names seem so similar. But Completely different men, people. Completely different men. Both have had memorable roles, but completely different men. And so, yeah, we'll bring this one to a close. Remember to... Uh, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter places and subscribe to us on on uh, iTunes and YouTube and those places. So you can keep up with us, knowing we got the new episodes, knowing there's new movie news. A few weeks back when uh, the Bill Paxton uh, death made the news, you know, that was something you know we kind of shared on our page and things like that. And so we kind of do things like that, just to kind of do updates on things like things in the news that are bigger. And so, yeah, we hope. Uh, you'll do those things and we'd appreciate it. And maybe um, by doing that, you can show that you appreciate us or like the show. So with that, we'll close this out. So this is Steven. And this is Dakota. We'll see you later.